Hey everyone, and uh, welcome to another installment of the SDGC Final Fantasy Retrospective series. Uh, today we are looking at Final Fantasy IX. And for those that are unfamiliar with this series, uh, what we're doing is we're taking a look back at all of the main entry numbered uh, mainline Final Fantasy. So no offshoots, no spinoffs, no Final Fantasy X-2, none of that, but uh, maybe, maybe in the future. But today it's all about the big boy, the, uh, the 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 Mac Daddy of the PlayStation One trilogy, Final Fantasy One X Nine. Um, uh, I, I feel like it's not an exaggeration to say that this has a uh, aged very well as a Final Fantasy. That uh, people have. You don't think? I don't know. I, I see. I think I think you are colored by the poor port. I, 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 I tell goes, you what, we'll get into that. We'll get yeah. into that. I think it goes both directions because Final Fantasy IX, um, I think at the time, wasn't nearly as well loved or didn't feel nearly as well loved. No, um, and I think you're right. Is. But, but I over think time, more people seem to really have, have come out of the woodwork and been like, no, nine was was amazing. It's one of my favorites. And uh, I think it is has shot to generally the top of the popularity like, there aren't official charts, but you know what I mean. Um, right, and I think part of that is because Final Fantasy VII, I think as time goes on, people divorce themselves more from the nostalgia of it, and they realize it's not the end-all, be-all RPG. Final Fantasy VIII, at best, is a very divisive entry, and I think nine of the three has uh, has, has gone up in stock as time has gone on the most. I yeah. would argue against that, actually. Really? I, I will counter your argument, sir. Yeah. Um, I have I have thoughts, but no, please. Well, so so don't get me wrong. Final Fantasy Nine uh, is a is a top five Final Fantasy for me, like hands down, uh, simply because of setting and characterization. Uh, but having played Nine recently on Switch, um, and and I'm I'm not even talking about the bad port because I mean it's a bad port. Like I'm I'm not even. I, but but this is not referencing the bad port. And now being almost at the end of Final Fantasy Seven for like the billionth time on Switch. Um, for a game that came what three four years four years after Final Fantasy seven uh four or five years roundabout it was two thousand um, it so, was two thousand so it was like three about, years about three years right um also rest in peace short ass Final Fantasy development windows yeah I know um I know, right oh. but the combat like the active time battle system in nine feels absolutely glacial compared to playing final fantasy 7 i mean say what you want about 7 but 7's active time battle system is snappy uh, there's no slowdown it literally takes you seconds to get into battle uh character animations are very fast uh but in final fantasy 9 like literally it doesn't matter if you're playing the ps version the switch version you know the the ps1 classic on vita it can take sometimes up to 25 seconds for that battle to load in uh with the initial little spinny into you know like you know you counter the enemy in the field and you know you know the battle starts yeah, the little swirl, the vortex. Yeah, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's a very like... slow, and even people who love Final Fantasy IX, um, it, it seems it's pretty universally understood that the game's pacing in a, in into and out of battles is is incredibly slow, and that's very, oh, yeah. very rough. On but the not only that, but like even like character animations during battle, like like if you if if you select the fight command with Cloud, he dashes forward, he hits him with the sword, he dashes back, done. Right? Zidane sits there, he gets his like his 
weapon up. He winds up. He spins it over his head. He comes in. He hits. He gets back, and he assumes his regular. Like it just feels so plotting and well, slow. And there's a lot of character and, to that animation. But again, there are ways you could you could speed that up. Like yeah, but that's artificial it, though. Like well, that's I mean, what I'm saying is there's ways. Like it's not that it's a bad thing to have Zidane actually like kind of do a little bit of flair to to get into stance, but. There's no reason that it needs to take that long for him to do it and then have the wait period and then have him dash forward. Like, part of that is, I don't want to say we know more about animation now than we did in 2000, um, but maybe we we as an industry and as a fan base do a better job of talking about this. Um, a lot of FF9's, like, plotting, pacing, and animation um, and in combat could greatly have been sped up. Um, but I, I think that, that despite that, like FF9, cause that's really the one yeah, true like criticism that, of nine. That, that, and it's, it's a big one. It's it a is. big one. The battle system is slow. Uh, but I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Finn, is that something that you would agree with? Oh, of course. I mean, anyone that argues against that is, is just, it's dumb. Uh, it's wrong. Well, like, I mean, you can't argue against it. It's an objective fact. The battle system is the slowest of that era and, and one of the one slowest of the in Final so Fantasy. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think, for me at least, uh, it does anything to detract from why it's still so great. And I mean, you said it yourself, it's still a top five for you. So even you would agree that it, it doesn't actually oh, yeah, detract no. from the game. I, I'm not, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm done. I'm, you know, I'm not going to play this anymore. Yeah. It's just, It's just like playing it, it's... And you know what? Had I played it, it's just playing Final Fantasy, a, a snappy, a game of snappier combat, like Final Fantasy VII in the right. same time frame as Nine. like really, it, it makes the combat in Nine feel objectively worse. So there's a little bit of bias going on there or, 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 or a recency bias. However, yeah. I will say that that's one of the best thing the ports did was add the speed up mode because yeah. once the speed up mode is applied in these updated versions, uh, the biggest issue of Final Fantasy IX has been effectively removed. So yeah. I also think that even even if the game itself is, except for Tetramaster, there's just no save in that. Even if the game itself is, is too slow in its combat system, I do think that having it be relatively one of the slower Final Fantasies isn't inherently a bad thing because Final Fantasy IX's kind of tone and structure lend itself towards being generally a much more laid back and lighthearted affair, even when it's at its most serious. Like this is not a game that is running to its end point, you know? Um, so having it be a little bit more, I mean, you see that even just in the cast, right? Where the cast are generally a more, um, I don't want to say cartoonish, but like... No, but uh, I was going to bring that up. But one of the things that I think makes Final Fantasy IX so great is following the progressive effort towards realism and grittiness that 7 and 8 employed. 9 goes is a purposeful hark back to the straight up fantasy element that final fantasy like four it's the it, it goes back to the super nintendo era vibe of final fantasy which i think is part of why i love it so much yeah um, but despite going towards those cartoony like character designs and having characters that feel like very very simple you know one or two note characters as you first meet them the the depth of each character and their story aside from Amaranth. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know exactly who you were yeah. going to say. Yeah. But the, the depth of all of these characters is, um, is, is tremendous. And I think that in a lot of ways you get primed for like a Final Fantasy V or like 
you know, a four or five or something, and then you end up with so much more hidden depth. Uh, and to me, that feels intentional, but... You know, okay, well, God, Amaranth is just one of those very few Final Fantasy characters throughout the series. You're, you're just like, his removal, his, his removal would be would not affect the game in any no, negative no. form like, at all. He, he basically might as well be a bonus character from like Final Fantasy, like Gogo or Umaro. Yeah. Like, like even Yuffie and, and Vincent have more to do with the plot in 7 than Amaranth as an actual character does in 9. Yeah, and, it's I was gonna say it's so, funny to me that Quinna, who is the actual like bonus character, right. it is like a gag like character in in almost all of of its portrayal, um, is both more memorable than Amaranth and also ties more into the world and other characters' stories, especially like Vivi's. Um, you know when you you learn about the the cues like, and then what's Amaranth? Oh, he's just a moody redheaded kind of ninja monk. He joins yeah. whenever in whatever disc. What? I don't even remember. And so let's, what, what makes me powerful? Can yeah. we clarify something guys? Can we clarify something? Yeah. Do you say Vivi or Vivi? I say Vivi. I say Vivi too. Uh, it might be Vivi. I don't know if it's ever been pronounced somewhere. I don't, um, so. Well, just, just based on pronunciation of Japanese, it, it would yeah. be Vivi. So I went Vivi, Vivi maybe Vivi. makes sense. I've been saying Vivi forever, but it, it could be Vivi. I don't, I'm not real hard. It's on actually short for Vivian. He just, uh, <laughs> um, but no, so like real quick, uh, as we start, naturally progress towards talking about the characters, uh, Final Fantasy IX has a lot of memorable ones, Vivi being the most uh, obvious one. So Vivi aside, or Vivi, you know, whichever, uh, who was your favorite Final Fantasy IX character? Um, and why is it Steiner? I do. I've, you know what? Steiner's grown on me as I've grown older. Like when I was a kid, because you have you to remember in 2000, I was nine guys. Oh, like, <laughs> so oh, I did God, not did like Steiner you? at first. Um, and, and FF9 is also the first Final Fantasy that I beat. Um, so, but I, uh, I didn't like him at first, but I've really grown to like him more and appreciate him. I still don't like him as much as I like Zidane and Freya. Um, those two. Freya. Zidane, Freya, and Vivi are, like, three of the best Final Fantasy characters, period, if you ask me. I um, mean, yeah, I mean, Vivi is a top five Final Fantasy character, period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, so his, his, his journey to understanding his nature and his, um, by the way, spoilers for anybody who's listening to this. This we, we we do talk about spoilers here. It is nineteen years later. Spoilers so, yeah. for a fucking nineteen year old game. Um, his realiza- his uh, realization of his limited lifespan and his acceptance of the fact that he is not going to live a long life is heart wrenching. And not even um, knowing how long it would be because he's yeah. he's different from even the other black mages. So yep. Um, like when I, that reveal it, dropped, oh. It, it gave such a depth to his character that you really because i mean he is essentially for all intents and purposes he's a child mm-hmm. um and he's a child who is who has accepted that he is going to die soon like much sooner rather than later um and going to the black mage village and you know him having the conversation with you know kind of the chief of that village i can't remember what his number is um but uh talking about you know talking about death and talking but you know there's this one black mage there who's like who's like um you know mr so-and-so you know we put him in the ground and he's going to be dirty when he wakes up and i'm going to wash him off in the river not understanding that he's that black mage of his is dead and he's not coming back like that whole sequence really really 
I don't know, really touched me. There, think, there's an there's an innocence to the Black Mages that I found really endearing. Yeah, Vivi's story is also one of the best portrayals to me of of like truly existential depression um in gaming honestly they they put things on display that this character has to deal with uh you know the fact that he's artificial the fact that he's not gonna live for an exceptionally long time the fact that there is no real great purpose behind his existence he has to deal with a lot of heavy shit that is like the final act reveals for a lot of characters who may fall into similar tropes. He's got to deal with that right early on. I mean, you're from the first real story arc is, is coming to kind of recognize that Vivi is probably himself one of these dolls, basically. Um, and to start there with a child character and show that struggle to find meaning and show that depression um, and show how that affects him and then show him kind of have to come to terms in peace, not like, we found a solution, now I'll live like a normal human boy. Like, no, I just, this is how it is and I'm going to have to make life what I will given the hand that I've been dealt. Um, I think this is very impactful uh, and you just don't see stories that are that, like, emotionally real very often in gaming so how about that oh, final boss though that <laughs> look <laughs> I, 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 all right i good good transition john uh besides the slow pacing of the battle system i think the the second largest complaint levied at final fantasy 9 is the uh the swerve necron. The, necron. Necron, the necron swerve uh but i don't want to focus too much time on him because we all Neither does the game. <laughs> all I'll say is this: like they they tried to go for a Zeramus thing, and it did not yeah, land. It it did not. It did not. Uh, however, I do want to talk about Kuja. Kuja ah, my money, Kuja. and I know, John. I already know you're going to disagree with me uh, because I know we you you love Final Fantasy 15. But for me, uh, Kuja is the second best Final Fantasy villain, and I don't know if that's because there are so many parallels to him with Kefka, but I loved Kuja. I loved his uh, the the fact that this was the first Final Fantasy game since six where a villain seemed to seemingly succeed over and over again, and the the heroes were always just one step behind. Uh, I don't know if it was the that amazing CG moment or uh, cutscene moment where he went into trance mode, destroys uh, Terra. Yeah, I mean there was yeah. Kuja is the second most memorable villain i maybe that's a better word than better villain but for uh, me please uh, join in because i know you don't agree with that because i know you love uh your boy so so like if so like if you had to ask me to rank the top three villains in the series from one to three i would say kefka arden and kuja in that order so like kuja is definitely up there um kuja is interesting because he has like I know that there are some parallels between him and Kefka, especially and some very visual parallels as well, like like you know the feather in his hair, or for example, uh, when he kicks Garland off of the um, off of the platform, which I feel is a direct reference to Kefka kicking Gestal yeah. off of the floating continent, um, and then his desire to destroy all life. Uh, there, there, I mean, he's flamboyant. He dresses flamboyantly. Yeah. There, his Kuja Kefka, like there are definitely a lot of inspirations between from, from taken from Kefka. The difference being that, of course, Kuja is still at his heart a redeemable character, mm-hmm. where where you you know because he finds redemption in the end. He he realizes his you know he he understands his wrongdoings and he atones for them at the very end. 
Um, Kefka, there's there's no redeeming Kefka. He's he is an irredeemable character. Um, I I thought that Kuja's realization that he was about to die, that he had been given a limited lifespan, uh, added a very interesting depth to the character. Um, because up until then he was just your stand like he was he was he was a cool character. But he was very much your standard, you know, like, I'm evil and I want power, you know, like, you know, it, because it's great to have power. Um, but then his desire to to destroy everything because he felt cheated, because he felt jealous, basically, that everybody else was going to get a, get to live a long life. That that added a, an extra layer to the character that I really appreciated. Yeah. Remember everything we, we just said about Vivi. Um, and like, so much of that is also true of, I mean, Zidane, you later find out, and then Kuja. Oh, that's an um, interesting parallel, Derek. Yeah, yeah. Is is the the they are they are more temporary and more fleeting than the rest of life around them, and they are effectively artificial in a way that no one else around them is. And and you see, Vivi and Zidane both fall into depression at, at different points because with Vivi, obviously, it's there kind of from the beginning. With Zidane, it's a very late reveal. Um, and right. With Kuja, and it hits it's a very hard. late. Yeah, and and with Kuja, it's a late reveal to the player, although not to him. Um, but where Zidane and Vivi both kind of tackle with the the existential dread of of what what the purpose is to their existence, um, and have to find out how to climb out of that, Kuja lashes out in in anger and fear and frustration of the lot of life that he's been given. That's that's really very similar to these two protagonists, um, and. I think even whether or not you believe that he's redeemable, I think that he's one of the most sympathetic villains because he's not like if you look up through up to this point, right? It's a lot of like people who become corrupted or people who were just evil. Um, and to have somebody who has a really strong, like emotional story behind why they're lashing out because effectively it's a big tantrum if you want to put it that way but yeah but i mean you know but like that he's he is hurt and he's lashing out at a world that he perceives as unfair to him um and i think that is what that's the big difference between him and kefka as well as we talk about kuja is very similar to kefka but kuja is evil for evil's sake which i do love um and then kuja is kind of like what if you took somebody who appeared to be that but actually did have that that underlying like here's how i was hurt that made me this way um which does make them a lot of ways two sides of the same coin since kefka is very specifically the subversion of that he's evil just because he can be there's no backstory to it so. um so i want to uh briefly switch gears and talk about another aspect of final fantasy 9 that uh i feel some people might find divisive but for me it was a plus is uh how abilities and the gameplay worked and in Final Fantasy IX, you learn new abilities by equipping items and then battling to gain AP. Uh, and coming off of things like the draw system and the materia system, some people felt it was limited or limiting. But for me, I, I loved it. It felt classic. It, it, it kind of reminds me of materia in a lot of ways. That, I was going to say this. Well, actually, it reminds me more of equipping espers than anything else. Yes. That's true. Because Well, because not everyone can equip every item and, and weapon. Yeah. And, and so not everyone gets every ability. And I prefer that in my RPGs where your mm -hmm. characters are more uh, unique and differentiated as opposed to, I say, unlike the materia system, because 
with materia everyone can learn every ability every spell every some like everyone becomes homogenous outside of their limit breaks uh yeah. whereas in nine your characters are very distinct in yeah, their zidane is your thief you know vivi is your black mage uh garnet is your white, is your white mage, mage. Exactly. Right. summoner yeah and if you're dragoon queen is your uh your blue mage and I like that. That's my preference in my RPG. I like my characters to be very distinctive, but I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, I, mean, I love it. I like having these semi-defined roles, but then having the ability to flex their skills around to a degree to alter kind of how they work within that role. Um, you know, do you want Steiner to have the ability to protect, you know, like the the girl party members or you know, and kind of semi-play like the knight, the classic knight role where they guard low HP characters, or you don't want to worry about that. Do you want to focus on pushing them more towards the DPS side with, with like, critical skills? Um, you know, with um, Vivi, do you want, and, and Garnet, a lot of them, do you want to focus on, on building up their resistances, or would you rather double down on their, their strengths? Um, but without taking them, like, you can't make Garnet a, a black mage or no. uh, a, a a paladin you can't do that so i liked it john yeah it was um I, I i i you know um i don't really have a negative or positive opinion about it one way or the other i felt like it was fine um it was it's it seemed like kind of a marriage of i don't know whether or not you want to use the you know materia in final fantasy 7 or equipping magicite in final fantasy 6 it was similar to those but also with predefined character roles, like in Final Fantasy IV and you know older Final Fantasies, um, so it, you know it it let you control the pace at which your your characters learned abilities um, while keeping those characters within boundaries, within defined boundaries. Um, I I think there's enough diversity in the Final Fantasy throughout the series to character progression that you know I don't feel like anything needs to be similar to anything else. No. Uh, so I, I, I think Final Fantasy IX did it well. Um, I don't, I don't really have an, a, a strong opinion about it one way or the other in that regard. Um, well, in, as in the nature of all of our Final Fantasy retrospectives, uh, we could go on for pretty much ever, but we have, uh, we wanted to keep it at a, at a manageable time. So we have a couple minutes left. Do you really want to go around and just give like our final thoughts on Final Fantasy IX? And I think it's been a while, but we've been ranking them like kind of generally yeah yeah, like upper tier whatever so if you got you want to go around and and do that as we close out go ahead Derek. all right um for me i mean it's in my top x um i probably i usually tell people that my favorite ones are in in no particular order like six is my favorite and then nine twelve and five are are kind of up there in in like a top four total um so yeah nine is is just shy of perfection to me almost the only thing that i need it to do is i so wish that the pacing of combat would be improved um but like it's visually held up very well over time the music is held up very well over time the character writing held up so much better than any of the other unaltered uh final fantasies from before it i think seven desperately needs a script touch up um i think eight has some holes that we've really acknowledged over time um six six is the only other one that i think has aged this well if you ask me without yeah. alteration so. i'd agree um i mean if you had to ask me my top five like i my top five are pretty set in stone uh f- like going from one to five i would i would say final fantasy six uh 15 
uh, seven, four, and nine would round up my top five. So it's so it's a top five Final Fantasy for me. Uh, the reason it's not higher is is due to numerous factors. Like like you know like like Derek said, I, there's just the glacial combat can be a real chore sometimes. And um, from a visual standpoint, like I I prefer the the kind of futuristic steampunk Final Fantasy to you know so which is why I like Final Fantasy like Final Fantasy six was you know like you know Iron Age steampunk and I love that uh final fantasy 7 is like you know cyberpunk and i think i think that's a really cool fit for final fantasy i feel like the medieval rpg thing has been done many times uh so it's not an aesthetic i prefer uh but but the combination of all the positive factors that we've talked about characterizations uh you know uh you know pacing of the story not you know not necessarily the gameplay uh those all uh elevate it well above the sum of its parts um for me i would say i mean if John was a top five and Derek was a top four. For me, it's conditional in the sense that do we count Final Fantasy Tactics? Because if we do, it's a top four game. If Final Fantasy Tactics is not in the equation... It's not in the equation. Then it's top three. It's my third favorite uh, of the mainline Final Fantasies. Uh, and I think for the same reasons John said it didn't, the aesthetic didn't work as well for him because it was, you know, been done before... Uh, for me, I it was because it was the only PlayStation one that went back to that aesthetic. That it, at the, at the time, everyone was moving in the Final Fantasy VII direction, and so Final Fantasy IX's purposeful hark back really called to me because those were the games I grew up loving the most. So it was like a, a throwback moment. Um, I loved the characters. I liked uh, all the new tweaks that they they added to make nine just seem fresh. I wish Tetra Master was better because I am a huge Triple Triad fan. So I was like, yeah, new card game. And then I was like, oh, no, a new card game. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I, I loved uh, just the big set piece moments that that game offered. Um, just all around, I enjoyed it, uh, ne Necron notwithstanding, because there's just no defending that one. You know what? You want to emulate the NES and SNES games. You have to have your stupid final boss out of nowhere. Yeah. 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 But at least, like John said, like Zeromus and Four, uh, just just landed better. It didn't feel as awkward. Yeah, he's one of the only ones. I mean, you still. I was have, just like, like Cloud of Darkness, the, the Emperor like... of Hell. Um, you know, the 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 final version of X Death coming the way it did out of nowhere was so weird and, and dumb and, and but yeah is what it is man it's final fantasy you take it and you you love it or you leave it uh, why am i fighting a giant blue bald guy with rings i don't know right? it's a good question um i just want to point why? out six and nine are the only two um that have been consistently in our top it's true ranking yeah that, that all of us as very it, different Final Fantasy fans. So that should tell well, people something. We can all just agree easily that six is the best. And it is the best. Anyone that tries to fight you on that, uh, they just, they're wrong. And that's well, fine. I, I will physically fight somebody over it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that wraps up the Final Fantasy IX Final Fantasy retrospective. Um, I believe we have just a couple left now. Yeah, um, 10's already done. So that'll go up. Um, and I don't believe we're doing this. 11 and 14. Right, because no, not, not enough of us have the MMO yeah. experience. I didn't play 11, I played 14. I might be the only one of us who played either of them. Nope, I played 11. Uh, you know, we can get into that later. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. That's not part of this but, conversation. Yeah. But we'll do 12, but yeah. we'll do 13, we'll do 15, and then we'll be done with the main lines, and we'll figure out what we'll do from there. So. All right, well, as always, uh, we love you guys. Official SDGC, check us out. 
on the Twitches, on the YouTubes. We have our live show every Thursday. Uh, you can follow us on any of our numerous social accounts. Uh, John's beanie is actually in charge. Uh, second in command is Saki. Um, <laughs> just, you know, live your best lives, everybody. Have a great day. <laughs>